Welcome to Today on Broadway from Monday, January 10th, 2022. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tiamanini. This uh, this is weird because I'm stepping in for Ashley. I don't normally get to start my week with Matt. So this is a very special. You all have mm. really blessed ears right now. And um, this is how you want to kick off the week. It's going to be... Uh, special is a relative fun. term. I mean, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely different. We have some sad stuff to talk about uh, today. Uh, unfortunately, because yeah. the world is the world, but uh, it is always good to be able to chat with you. If we're going to have to talk about some upsetting things, why not Why not do it with the person that hides their sadness? So um, last week, we uh, we learned on Thursday that beloved stage and screen icon Sidney Poitier's passing was uh, obviously he was 94 years old. He lived a very full life. But just like with Betty White, when these absolute icons in our industry pass, you're kind of like, well, no, I wasn't, you know, we weren't done adoring you. Uh, And, you know, you, you know, and love him from classic films like To Sir With Love, uh, which I always thought was called, they call me Mr. Tibbs. I thought that was the name of the film (laughs) growing up. It's not, (laughs) but it is the iconic line from it. Um, In the Heat of the Night, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which was my favorite from 1967. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Poitier, whose Academy Award for the 1963 film, Lilies of the Field, made him the first Black performer to win in the Best Actor category. Um, some, so I, I really appreciated this in the times article about, cause I didn't know this about his lucky break. So I want to share it with you all that, um, he, the reason that he was put on the stage in a spotlight was because Harry Belafonte, another, uh, famous like trailblazing actor did not show up for a rehearsal attended, uh, by a Broadway producer. And Mr. Poitier took the stage instead and was given a part in the all black production of Alyssa Strada in 1946. Um, his Broadway credits included, and this is the most notable from 1959's Broadway production of A Raisin of the Sun, Anna Lucasta, which was also a, a touring production, I believe from 1940. 47 and then Lissa Strata that we just mentioned. So this was, everyone was sharing. And, and I, I don't know if you saw this as well, Matt, but wasn't it like a month ago that we were sitting here talking on the show and I was like, wait a second, Joshua Henry needs to play and honor Sidney Poitier in some kind of biopic or whatever. And lo and behold, the day of his passing, I saw a TikTok of Joshua Henry posting like, you know, he looked up to him so much and he put his headshots side by side of them at the same age and they look almost identical. And it was just really a beautiful moment of uh, praise and and honoring him and his remembrance. And I was just like, well, if anybody can do it, I want it to be you, sir. So um, this was just, it's, it's been really nice to see all these actors and and people that have just um, dedicated their lives to like, he's, he's just been the reason for so many people getting into this industry. And um, we just love to see it. So it was a sad thing for him to have passed, but we definitely have some wonderful, wonderful pieces of film to remember him by. Yeah. In early December, it was announced that uh, Sidney Poitier's life was going to be turned into a Broadway play from uh, Charles Randolph Wright was going to mm-hmm. write it. And um, Ruben Santiago Hudson is going to direct yeah. that. That's where I, I don't know if you said it on the show. I think you might have tweeted it about Joshua oh, Henry. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's definitely 
I, I, you know, kind of interestingly, as he told that story about Harry Belafonte, Harry Belafonte tweeted, who is still in his 90s as well, um, tweeted about losing his friend and what yeah. connects those two not only being trailblazing um, black performers, but they were also incredible civil rights leaders and activists. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is uh, and always will be incredibly important for their legacies. And it's something that it definitely something that was highlighted during uh, the past weekend uh, after his passing. So obviously very sad. And I'm going to throw this out there because I don't know if you saw this um, while you were working on the script before we recorded. Um, another Broadway alum, it was just announced, has passed away. And he's by far more known as a comedian and sitcom dad. But he does have two Broadway credits. Bob Saget passed away at the age of what? 65 just, just this evening. Oh, my gosh. Are you yeah, serious? I... Yeah, I wouldn't joke about that. He no, yeah. uh, he was actually on a comedy tour here in Florida. He died uh, at his hotel in Orlando. Um, he was discovered on Sunday evening afternoon um, after doing a show in Jacksonville. But he did have two Broadway credits. He was a replacement man, man and chair. God. Yeah, man and chair first in Drowsy Chaperone and then replaced in Hand to God as well. So um, very sad um, for for lots of folks who kind of in my age and, and younger grew up with Full House. Wow. Just kind of a crappy, crappy weekend for ce- celebrity deaths. Apologies that the rest of our news is also not, not exactly uplifting, but definitely informative. Uh, the Broadway League proposed to the unions representing Broadway workers that those workers will take a 50% pay cut during so-called COVID pauses when shows are temporarily shut down because of infections within cast and crew and otherwise. Union leaders representing Broadway workers completely rejected this idea. Uh, Broadway League President Charlotte St. Martin declined to comment on the offer made to the unions. Uh, The league also proposed that mandatory vaccination for all Broadway workers now included the booster shots. The league and the unions disagreed about the number of days workers would get off if they had an adverse reaction to the shots, which, spoiler alert, is almost everyone. Everyone has to take at least a day out of their lives when you get the booster shot. Um, I, I certainly was out for the count, and I've watched Broadway companies as people are getting trying to schedule their booster shots for their days off, um, not always aligning with their performance schedules. And especially right now during the holidays when everybody's working, you know, nine, eight show weeks, it's it's kind of nuts. So the league proposed two uh, while the unions wanted five, according to informed uh, sources for this. And Kevin McCollum was quoted in a couple of articles. So I'm just going to read some of that. Um, Kevin McCollum, who was the lead producer of Miss Stout Fire and Six, um, who also said that the show will temporarily close for nine weeks, which we talked about before from January 10th through March 14th, um, said that they were laying off, you know, 115 people, all of them, if they so wish, will be re-employed. And I really want to make sure that we understand this term correctly, re-employed in March. That does not mean that they, uh, that means that their that that uh, term in their contract will have ended. And I believe they will be reopening the show. So they'll be re-employed, which means they will get nothing for that time period from my understanding of what this breakdown is. Yeah. Um, and so um, he said that he would save around $4 million, which he will then use to remount the show. He said that it was kind of imperative that Broadway producers, theater owners, and workers come together to figure out a new normal where uh, variants may mean more shows that have to go on pauses. The thing, the thing about that statement though that i i don't want to i don't mean to like ruffle a feather um but it's 
it's hard when you're asking the people that are being employed to work together with their employers, because the truth is, is that there's a power dynamic there and people, the workers don't have like a choice. You know what I mean? It's like, this is their livelihood. And so they're kind of relying on these producers and owners to, um, you know, it, it sounds like a, like a team aspect, but they're basically saying be a team player and sit it out while we, um, you know, figure out how we can make more money. It's really hard. You know, there's, there's no, I'm not a producer and I'm not involved in any of this, but it's such a difficult uh, position for anybody. So I I don't envy people that are making choices right now is the point. Yeah. I mean, the the problem is, is that all of those things, unless they were written into somebody's individual contract, those are all uh, um, collectively bargained. If somebody mm-hmm. is out of a show for a certain amount of weeks, like if the show doesn't happen, their contracts are voided. That was negotiated by equity. And we've talked about this before to benefit the actors, because mm-hmm. in theory, that means that the actors aren't being tied to a production that's not having performances, meaning they aren't getting paid, then they have the opportunity to go to another show. So this is not them saying, yeah, we, we, you know, I'm sure that if they, you know, if they could pay them uh, with not having the show go on, they would, but then they wouldn't close the show. So, I mean, I, I don't know that there's a good answer right now. They're going to uh, look to not pay anybody while the show's not going. That's right. just the truth of it, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I, if the alternative is, is we keep paying everybody for a couple of weeks and while no one shows up and then we close long term, I don't know what the better option there is. Mm. Um, I mean, and, what I mean, and I'm not saying this is a good option. What I'm saying is, is that there are no good options. Uh, and, you know, you can you can do things like like streaming, but that doesn't, I mean, that's not going to pay anything near um, what it would be like to fill a Broadway house um, and it won't last as long. So, I mean, I, I just don't know that there's any good uh, idea here. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that there haven't been more of these mm-hmm. shutdowns announced. Um, there very well might be, uh, but it's, there's just no good answers with variants uh, continuing to pop up. We're in the slowest time of the Broadway calendar anyway. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a really crappy situation. The The solution would have been for the country and the industry to get their shit together when things were looking better. And they all chose to stick their head in the sand and just assume that it would get better on its own. And the Broadway League, Equity, the United States government, many, uh, a, you know, about 50% of the population decided that they didn't want to actually do that. And so we're now in this situation where everybody has conspired to collectively suck to the point where no one has a good option. Yeah, it's just bad news bears. And um, I just, I, I really just, I hope that it gets better. I hope that things start to change. So let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this week, Upstart. If you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt, you'd probably be way happier person. Well, with Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your best life. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether that's because you wanna pay off your credit cards, you wanna consolidate some other high interest debts that you have, or you just need to fund some sort of personal expenses, 
Over 1 million people have already used Upstart to get a single fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. You know, rather than just looking at your credit score, which is where a lot of other lenders, including banks, will kind of focus on, Upstart considers other factors like how much money you make, your current employment status, your credit history, many other things to get you the smartest rate for your loan. Yeah, and you can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart.com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Use upstart.com slash Broadway. So now on to shows that are leaving us as planned or otherwise, and also new things that are coming up. So Roundabout Theater Company's Broadway revival of Carolina Change finished its run today as we're recording at Studio 54. I was watching the cast share all these like videos and it was just, I've obviously been very tied to watching the process of of this revival and um, especially working with the people uh, with Broadway Records doing uh, the album. And it's been amazing. I wish everyone could have seen this. I wish it had an extensive, extensive run, but I know that it was um, limited. And, And if you got to see it, you got to see it. And if you didn't, I wish there was a film. So uh, the Broadway production, again, at Roundabout of Trouble in Mind by Alice Childress completed its run as well today. So both shows uh, for Roundabout closed at uh, Studio 54 and then the American Airlines Theater today, January 9th. A week from now, Ain't Too Proud and Flying Over Sunset will take their final bows, um, which I, I can't believe I never got to see Ain't Too Proud. Uh, it's shocking. Uh, or Flying Over Sunset. I actually saw neither. Yeah, I mean, so, I know you're in Chicago, but you could fly back over this next week and uh, and see both of them if you really wanted to. Flying over uh, many sunsets. So the world <laughs> premiere of Swept Away featuring the music of the Avett Brothers and the cast of American Idiot begins January 9th, <laughs> running through March 6th. Uh, that was, that was by the way, a little Matt bit because I remember when we were first talking about this show, you were like, oh, you're going to be obsessed with this because it's Michael Mayer and it's the cast of American Idiot. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh my God, it is. It's Stark's Pants and John Gallagher Jr. And I've been watching every single video they've put out. So the production, which was originally scheduled to premiere uh, June 2020, LOL, before the pandemic, will play at uh, Berkeley Rep uh, beginning uh, today. Like right now. Yeah, probably coming up. And I don't know if it's an evening show I'm imagining on the West Coast. So probably at like 11 (laughs) p.m. Eastern time. But uh, the show will end on March 6th, and I expect it to, mm, there's going to be something after that. Yeah, mm. there's way too much money behind this show for it to end at Berkeley (laughs) Rep. I mean, unless it's horrible. I mean, if it's absolutely horrible, maybe. But like, even in that case, I feel like we've seen a lot of really horrible shows come to Broadway that had a lot of money behind him. Yeah. So. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I will be there no matter what. <laughs> shocking. Uh, so play- <laughs> shocking, I know. <laughs> Cliche. Uh, Playwrights Horizons delayed the start of Dave Harris's Tambo and Bones by one week. Performances will begin at their main stage theater on January 19th instead. Playwrights Horizons is also requiring all audience members to receive their booster shots in advance of attending. So that has to be included on your vaccine, a vaccine card in order to see a show. Otherwise, uh, take a step back. Atlantic Theater Company canceled the first two perform, uh, previews of its upcoming production of Claire Barron's on January 12th and 13th. The show I appreciate on the pause. <laughs> I appreciate the pause. Thank you. 
the show begins January 14th prior to an official opening night of January 31st, playing through February 13th at the Atlantic Atlantic Stage 2. The public theater will now require proof of vaccination and booster for performers, just like Playwrights Horizons. This this is uh, for performers, personnel, and audiences effective January 21st. So make sure that you're keeping up with either us or or otherwise on all of these different theaters um, requirements for vaccine, because that's not uh, I don't think it's sanctioned like, you know, all theater everywhere right now. But I'm guaranteeing that it's going to be a part of the conversation for the next couple of months. So just just be on top of that and um, have your stuff with you uh, regardless. Yeah, because one of the things that the CDC has been talking about is they are not currently planning on changing their definition of fully vaccinated. So I think there might be a little bit of a a push and pull between the Broadway League and Actors' Equity about what constitutes fully vaccinated to get into a Broadway theater. It would be smart to give people uh, like a couple weeks notice and just say you've got to be boosted um, and get it out there now before the spring rush with spring breaks come in and all of that stuff, because if if we want to make sure that we aren't making things worse, it's probably better to just knock that out now and get it into people's heads that they have to have this done before they come to the theater. Yeah, it's just it's part of it, right? So two Vulture articles that Matt sent me that I enjoyed reading a lot that I'm going to honestly read some of aloud right now um, talked about the the most anticipated shows of the year. And I'm curious if it lines up with Matt's most anticipated shows of the oh, year. Goodness. And we will start <laughs> we will start uh, with January. So they cited Skeleton Crew, the Dominic Marceau new play. I know it's changed uh, dates at yeah. least three times at this point, just because of the nature of everything, not because of anything, you know, um, awful. Uh, but it'll start hopefully January 19th for opening night. So we shall see. Long Day's Journey into Night at Minetta Lane Theater. I am really excited about that one. Black No More, you and I have both talked about how excited we are for mm-hmm. that show. Um, uh, begins at the Atlantic there Theater Company, like there we just we talked go. about. Um, Intimate Apparel, Lynn Nottage Play, will start at Lincoln Center. Bartlett Share directing. Hello. Um, you said that you'd already seen that show in Florida, right? Not that. Okay, so this is an opera version oh. of a play that she wrote in 2003. So I just recently saw like the play the version. Play. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Well, got to come back and see it full out. Hmm. So in February, Music Man will open at the Winter Garden Theater for February. Hasn't that been like running for like six months already? Sheesh. Right. No, like a month. I know. It seems (laughs) like it's been there forever. Uh, Soho Rep will welcome Wolf Play. Okay. The Chinese Lady will open at the Public Theater. Larry Owens uh, is doing a Carnegie Hall show that I desperately tried to get a ticket to, and it sold out within like, I think, four hours. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's it's insane. Like, I'm super thrilled for him. I would love to see this. Uh, So if anybody's going, like, just take a selfie outside of it and be like, wish you were here and, and tag me. The rest of it is kind of like, you know, we're getting into March, the, the you know, the rest of the year. Is there anything in the next couple of months, Matt, from this article that you saw? And of course, we're linking in the show notes. So I'm curious to hear what all of you are excited about. Uh, is there anything that you're like most looking forward to? Uh, obviously, I've already got tickets to Black No More. 
Um, yeah. And Helen Shaw, who wrote this article, also mentioned Whisper House, which I have tickets mm-hmm. to as well. Um, I, she also mentioned um, On Sugarland at New York Theater Workshop, which is one yeah. that I've got on my list of potential shows for February. I also have tickets to The Merchant of Venice at Theater for a New Audience starring John Douglas Thompson. Um, when I did This Week on Broadway a couple weeks ago, Jenna Tessa Fox mentioned this. So mm. I got I got this one. Uh, she also mentioned Elevator Repair Service doing Chekhov's Seagull at the Skirball Center at NYU. Um, I've never seen Elevator Repair Service. Like they do some really, really interesting experimental stuff. So I'm going to add that to my okay. list. Um, another Dominique Moriso show, Confederates at Signature, coming up in March. Um, then when we get into May, there's obviously like for Color Girls, Macbeth um, that mm-hmm. she mentions. Um, Rags Parkland sings the songs of the future, which I'm yes. definitely going to see when I'm in town in March for. Yep. Um, is that the life that we're seeing in March? Yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so those kind of things are all definitely on my list um, and very excited about some of those. Some of the other ones she mentioned, I'm not excited about at all, but um, those ones are definitely high on my list. Well, I will be at some point at Mr. Saturday Night at the Meterland Theater no to see my boy and husband, Billy Crystal. Uh, unbeknownst to him, we were uh, married at a, it was a very small service at City Hall, but we did do it and we had a pastrami afterward. Uh, the music is by Jason Robert Brown and it starts March 1st. And once again... Bring those ticket prices down because what the hell are you guys thinking? Two hundred dollars yeah. for the balcony, please stop. Um, on the- <laughs> mm. so, in addition to this article, a spotlight on Carla Stickler, who hasn't played Elphaba in years, was an Elphaba cover standby performer um, for a long time. Retired, moved to Chicago to focus her career elsewhere. Came swinging back in the show as Omicron has taken a toll on all casts, literally everywhere. Um, her story has become literally the talk of the town, and <laughs> there have been a lot of like parody versions of what all is going on, uh, yeah. like on TikTok and stuff. But the truth is, is like this is kind of incredible. It's sad that this is like happening at all because everyone is just really every every show is bursting at the seams. Uh, when it comes to needing coverage. And so, but, but her story is fascinating because she has been out of the industry for a minute. And um, she was literally, she lives actually near where I'm staying right here. And people were like, oh yeah, oh, wow. did you guys see like Carla? She was just walking about the other day. I did Wicked with her, da, 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 da. And then literally one week later, she was back in as Elphaba. <laughs> Right. She's not, but she's not even like living in Chicago and like doing theater yeah. or teaching theater. No. She's a software engineer. She is, she's, she's working incredible. as a software engineer <laughs> and she jumped back in to play Alphabet on Broadway. But that's also one of the benefits of having a long running show because you've got a very deep bench and it sounds like um, yeah. uh, Wicked and even um, the Mean Girls tour has been that. I think like they either they did or they tried to get Kyle Seelig to come yes. out to the tour. Um, and I don't know if it actually ended up happening, but I think Cheech Monahair as well. Loves oh, him. really? Yeah. So yeah. so obviously longer running shows have a bit of a deeper bench. It sucks that they've got to use it, but it's a nice cool story and a nice moment in the spotlight for those people who either have moved on from the business or um, are, are not necessarily always the people getting vulture articles written about them. Yeah. So I just, um, more so, I hope that everyone that's having to navigate all of this, like also feel seen and heard because while, you know, she's playing Elphabet and Wicked, I can't tell you how many people have had to go on for like, you know, mm-hmm. Ensemble Man 4 that hadn't done the show in two years, like yeah. everywhere. So, um, yeah, we'll just we continue to to praise these stories because they are exciting and heroic and really show how resilient everyone is being uh, in the midst of this horrible time. 
It's not simple to say In most days I don't recognize me so finally, in recommendations, this is not horrible at all. This is really, really great. So on her daily talk show, Kelly Clarkson finally performed. And I say finally because we as a society have been asking, waiting, and demanding that Kelly Clarkson perform She Used to Be Mine and or be a Jenna replacement. She would never. Um, but she finally performed She Used to Be Mine on her show from Waitress, accompanied by performers as well. Like they did not, I felt like they did not hold back. They gave us what we wanted. Um, the video is insanely iconic and um, it makes you go, hey, I'm just saying if they did a film. Um, she's amazing. I My love and devotion for, for Kelly Clarkson is deep and abiding and will never go away. I think she is, I want to be her friend. She talks a lot on The Voice, but I love her, um, yeah. but she's just so cool. Uh, the, the friendship that is developed between her and Ariana Grande is very cool since they started um, doing The Voice together. But yeah, so it, it's, uh, I, I love her. This is great. It is perfect. It made my Friday much more wonderful than it had any right to be. Yeah, see? You guys stuck it out through all that sad news just to hear us say, like, Kelly Clarkson, have you heard of her? She's great. <laughs> just a little to bring back the for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and don't forget about our patreon that's patreon.com slash broadway radio and you can find me on all social media platforms at it's grace aki matt where can people find you at bww matt for better or worse <laughs> thank you guys so much we can't wait to talk to you tomorrow Bye.